Hello again, everyone, and welcome to today's show. If you're one of the 130 million people that are dealing with SIRS, Lyme disease, autoimmune disease, or other conditions that are impacted by mold on a daily basis, and you need to learn how to eliminate that exposure, then you're in the right place. My name is Brian Carr, and you're listening to Mold Finders Radio. Hey guys, what's going on? We are up for another episode today, but today is gonna be very different than anything that's ever been done before. I know sometimes I say big things like that, but this time is for real because I'm actually not hosting the show today. I'm going to be on the show today as a guest, but I'm not hosting it. And the reason is really interesting. I'm about to start this three month process uh, that, is, that is part of a health analysis, journey improvement sort of thing. I'm really excited to do it. And I've met uh, my guest here, I'll introduce in a second, in October at the Reimagining Health Summit that's put on by uh, Equalife and Dr. Stephen Cabral. And we hit it off. And then I started talking to everybody at the team over there. I'm like, God, the, these guys are super smart, super amazing. It's really, really cool. Very health focused, longevity driven, but also their core was starting in functional medicine and helping to, you know, reverse and, or improve chronic illnesses. And a lot of it that ties into what we talk about all the time. And the connection we had at the, at the summit was on the mold side of things and how there's such alignment and what we talk about and how they approach things and all this stuff. And so one day me with my ideas, like I was like, why don't you use me as a Guinea pig? And we just document the whole thing. And that's what happened. So today. I'm going to be introducing Erica Hall. I'll let her introduce herself. She is the VP of health at, uh, at Equal, is it Equal Life or is it with Cabral's at Equal Life? All right. Sorry, guys, I get confused. But she is going to run me through kind of what the first sort of set of conversations look like to figure out what's going on, what my goals are, what's happening, what we're going to do, and then how we're going to attack all of it. So I'm really excited. This is going to be a four-part series as it's scheduled out now. This one will kind of talk about what I'm trying to do and sort of what the approach is going to be. Then we're going to do a couple of results um, on tests that I do, interpretations, and then we'll, you know, kind of document the thing along the way and share with you guys what we can. So with all of that said, I'm handing over the reins to Mole Finders Radio for the first time. Erica Hull, how's it going? Wonderful. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, and like Brian said, we met several months ago. It was just a really organic, synergistic relationship because, as you know, you, you can't fix things in one area and not fix them in the other. And typically you're experiencing symptoms as you're worried about what's going on in the home or, or business or elsewhere. And so I'm really excited to be here and go on this journey with you. We'll be kicking off this journey uh, in a new way and we'll get to that. But I am a certified integrative health practitioner. I'm a board certified physician assistant. I have been practicing for over 15 years in this space, working with thousands of clients to help get them better. Now, I currently serve as the VP of Health at Equalife. We are a global functional medicine practice, and we don't, we don't do diagnosis. We don't do cures. We don't do uh, prescription medications. That's, that's not our jam. So what we really do is look at the body in a holistic way. What are the underlying root cause imbalances that are causing things to happen inside the body? Is that the, the immune system? Is it mycotoxins? Is it the gut? And we know it's all connected. Uh, so that's where things get a little bit more intricate and interesting. And it really takes a practitioner who can do a deep dive on that. So that's what we're going to do today. Brian has allowed me free access to ask him just about anything. So we're going to go into Brian's story. I think uh, in other podcasts, Brian, you have really kind of dripped bits and pieces of what's been going on with you in the past, things that you've been experiencing, symptoms that you notice. So we're going to take it all the way from the beginning. Uh, I really want to help you find answers here, and that's what we're going to do. It's not only helping you, but I think it helps the community too. And I, and I think when anyone struggles with illness, we feel so alone. It's lonely. You know, we don't know if we are going to get better or we do for a little bit and then we take a step back and that journey can be very hard. So I'm really excited that you are taking your community on this journey and I can kind of be the leader here. So 
if you don't mind, tell us a little bit more about your journey. You've been in this industry for years and years and years. You are a global expert in this. Take me through what's happened in the past and how you've been feeling now. Yeah, it's a story. So this, this can be an episode. All right, everyone sit um, down. <laughs> so, I mean, it all, it, I didn't go to school to be a, a mold person, right? I don't think anybody does that, right? A lot of people who are in this field had something happen to them and they're like, oh, what have I been doing? This seems to make way more sense. It aligns with your personal values, like whatever it is, and you kind of find a way to go. And that's, that's what happened with me. So, um, gosh, what was it? Like 10, 11 years ago now, uh, I lived in an apartment in West Hollywood in California. All the buildings there are all old, right? That's that whole area is stuff that was built in the thirties and all that stuff. So there's all these old buildings. And I was there and everything was fine. There was no problems. And then uh, one day, I literally, I am sitting on my bed. I had just been laid off from my job. It was 2008. It was right around the time when the, when the economy went down. And I was looking for a job. And I'm sitting on my bed and I have my laptop on my, my big clunky laptop that existed at the time. And I'm sitting there looking. I'm on monster.com. I'm like, hey, a job that will make me feel fulfilled. I literally was typing this in and like nothing comes up. But I, you know, I, I was in an advertising job and I didn't like it very much. I felt like I was just like spending millions of people's dollars every day and like not really doing anything for the world. So that was kind of how I came into this. Anyways, I'm sitting in my bed looking at this. And while I'm looking at my laptop, I see like something out of the corner of my eye. And like, what's that? And then I look over that direction and I see it again. And then I feel something on my hand and I look at my hand and it's like a water drop. And then I look up at the ceiling and it's like a time-lapse video that was happening. That's how fast this happened. So I saw the little drip stains in the ceiling. Then it started getting bigger, bigger, bigger. Then the ceiling started like bubbling down, you know, and there's, I was like, holy shit, the ceiling's gonna collapse on me. Like this is about to happen right now. And I took my computer and I like jumped out of my bed and the ceiling did collapse in and a massive, a pipe that had burst up there was clearly like a very big burst that happened. It wasn't like a pinhole leak or anything like that. Started flooding the whole thing, came down as this big old thing. So call the landlord, they come out, they fix the pipe, they dry everything up, right? And they're like, okay, you know, everything's good to go. And this happens to so many people, right? Like, what do I know? At that time, I literally knew nothing about any of this stuff, right? And so we feel like, this is somebody who owns a bunch of buildings. This isn't the first time this thing has happened for that person. They know how to handle it, right? And so you put your trust in people, uh, you know, and maybe you shouldn't, or maybe you should just be a little more aware of how things are being handled. I think we learn that now as time goes on, you know? But anyways, so that happens. And so I'm spending all this time at home because I don't have a job now, right? So now I'm at home, I have a roommate. I'm like in my room all the time. I don't know anybody who remembers roommate days, but like a lot of the time you would lock yourself in your room for your private time, right? And so you literally spend all this time in your room and day, you know, time goes by. I'm still looking for jobs. I'm, you know, doing calls, you know, going out for interviews, whatever. And I start like not feeling the same, right? And so it started with me with, with what's now I understand as brain fog. But at the time I just felt like I wasn't as sharp as I was before. I'm usually very sharp, very quick. And things were taking longer to like figure out how to say, like I was forgetting things that I was normally, you know, that I had just was thinking about and all of a sudden I just forgot about and all that was kind of happening. And at the time I was dating who is now, uh, Nikki, who's my wife now and her dad, Mark, literally like the top expert in this, what I do now today in the entire country just happened to be her dad. And so I'm talking to her about what's, you know, what's going on, like, you know, what you're saying sounds a lot like what my dad talks about with what his clients, you know, you know, speak about with him. I'm like, yeah, I guess. So immediately you go, and this is what everybody does. Immediately you go to the, like, ah, I've never heard this before. The denial thing that, you know, prove, you know, all that stuff. This is the first response. I had the first response everybody has. Right. And the second thing I just started dating her. I hadn't really met her dad yet. I didn't want this to be the way that I met her dad. I thought this was kind of weird. So anyways, I kind of put it off, but I took that conversation and then I went, and again, this is a path that a lot of people take. I go to the landlord. I'm like, I think there's a mold problem here, right? So she brought something up that kind of put it on my radar, right? And instead of just going to the guy who's the best in the world and doing it, I go and I ask my landlord to like figure, you know, hey, I think there's something going on. So immediately they dismiss it, of course, but then they do bring, you know, an inspector, 
you know, finger quote inspector for all you listening to come out. I always joke about this because if you're not actually inspecting anything, you're not an inspector. I now call these guys pump jockeys because all they do is run around the house and collect samples on their pumps and they don't actually, they're like blind pump jockeys. They don't even look at anything. So he comes into my room, puts an air sample pump in the middle of the room. We know for everybody listening, there's a 78% false negative on that. When it, when, uh, when it says there's nothing there, 78% of the time we did a study and found there was something there, if there was something three feet away. So the air samples mean nothing. And in 24 hours, he's in my house for like 15 minutes, 20 minutes and 24 hours. Hey, you got no more problem. Everything's fine. There's nothing wrong with the house. There's nothing wrong with the apartment. And again, like most people do, I took that. I'm like, all right, maybe it's just something else. So as time goes on, I start getting skin things. So I go to wash my face in the bathroom one day. And, and this is something that still comes up now. And I get, um, it looks like I have eczema on my face and I like freak out. The, your brain not working, not enough to freak me out. That's apparently okay. God forbid the moneymaker gets some, something on it and now I'm freaking out, right? And so, um, and so then I tell my girlfriend, my wife, you know, like my now wife at the time, all right, let's, let's get your dad in here. Let's figure this out. Let me talk to him. He comes in and spends two hours in my 800 square foot apartment. The other guy spent like 15, 20 minutes. He, in my room, so the area where the leak came through the ceiling didn't, it was dry. That part got dry. They really focused on drying that one part where the hole sure. was. The problem is any of you guys, you know, if you think about it, if you pour water on like a kitchen counter, where does it go? It goes sideways. And then let's say it's your island and let's say it reaches the end of the island and you're still pouring water. Where does the water go? It goes down the side of the island. My room, think of my room like that. The top of the island was my ceiling. The edge of the island was my walls. Every wall in my room was still wet. This is month late, months later, still wet. All the drywall was still wet. No visible sign of staining or any sort of water damage on it because all of it happened from behind. The little area that they dried was dry, but then as you got further and closer to the walls, it was wet over there. I was sleeping in a toxic box for months. Literally was sleeping in it every single night, sitting in it every day, doing everything every day. And that's why everything sort of happened really fast with me. It didn't take very long for all this stuff to happen. Anyways, he finds all this stuff and helps me get out of the, out of, which is a whole another conversation around the day. He actually helps me get out of the lease. There's, there's so much that I, that I learned through all this process. Um, and afterwards I still hadn't found, you know, a job yet that I wanted to do. And I immediately was like. All right. So this, this first person came in here and was here for 15 minutes. And this is like the old way that it happens and it sucks. Or this guy came in here and figured out what was going on in a couple hours. And I'm feeling better already. I want to do this. And so I literally told him, I was like, I want to work for you. And he looks at me like I had, I've met him a couple of times. He like, really? Just like, <laughs> like, yeah, this is amazing. I, this is, I want to do this for some reason, a light bulb switch, whatever it is that happens in somebody where they're like, oh, this is it. This is what I need to be doing. That happened. Keep in mind, I've been dating his wife for not a very long period of time at that point, or his wife, my wife, his daughter for a very uh, short period of time. So I'm pretty much like all in on the relationship at the same time. You don't go into business with your, your girlfriend's dad if you don't think the girlfriend situation is going to work out. And the same the other way around. So I just, I like all of it. I kind of knew that's what needed to happen from top to bottom. And I was just like, I'm doing all of this. And that's how it started. And, and from then on, for the next 10, 12 years, I mean, that was 2008 or something. So however long it is from then, I'm going into houses, right? I, I, you know, for the first year I'm in his back pocket, I'm listening to every phone call he does. I'm doing, you know, I'm on every job he does. I'm literally like following him around. I'm asking every single question about well, what about this thing on this wall, this thing or this thing. It was like very fascinating to me. And I was, it almost felt like a game in a way, like. I'm going to go in this place and find everything. And like, it was, it was kind of like fun for me to like do that. And, um, anyways, I was, you know, with him for a year, basically like completely nonstop. And then I went out and he's like, okay, I think you're good, you know, to go out and do your thing. And I had my first client and my first client, his name was Nick. He had, uh, he was so hypersensitive to everything. It was my very first client was like the peak of hypersensitivity. Um, this is well before COVID, obviously he had to wear a mask around. So he had multiple chemical sensitivity. He couldn't be in areas with chemical issues. 
he had really high mold sensitive issues and he was like working through all the stuff. And he uh, found this high rise condo. He was a real estate investor. So he found this high rise condo that he wanted to buy and, and live in. And so we came out, we did it. I'm going through the whole condo and like 80% of the baseboards in the condo had like this really, really tiny little bubbling at the bottom of the baseboard that literally nobody would probably even notice was there. And it was like the whole thing. And at first I'm like, maybe the cleaners are just like using a lot of water when they're mopping the floors or something. Right. But then I'm like, well, even if that's what they're doing, that's still water. That's still a problem. But I was like, I kind of feel like it's more than that. I think that this place flooded in my gut. I think this place flooded and nobody told us about it. And so we asked the realtor who was there and they're like, no, nothing happened. So I take him outside. I'm like, okay, we're going to go outside and we're going to go find like the super, like the guy who is like the maintenance guy walking around. And we find the maintenance guy. He's like, oh yeah, there was like an elderly guy in this apartment. And he forgot that he turned on his tub and flooded the whole thing, flooded the entire place. And so that's what we found. And so then after I was like, I was like, Nick, dude, you shouldn't be living here. Let's just walk. He's like, no, like from an investment perspective, this place I'm really interested in, I want to test every single wall that, that has anything on it. And I want to know, right. Which most people don't really do, but he was looking at it because he wanted to live there and he was willing to do work and remediate stuff mm -hmm. for the sake of the investment basically. And so I ended up testing like 17 walls throughout the path of like where everything went and like al almost all of them were problems. And, uh, so then he walks. And then after that, the reason I tell this story, because this is my first client. The first thing that I heard from somebody at the end of this whole experience is I want to thank you for saving my life. That's what the guy told me. And you know, you hear that once they're like, well, like now, now if I wasn't in before, like now I'm in, right. Cause that, that feeling that you get for, you know, it's just, I don't even know how to explain that feeling when somebody says that to you, but it's pretty incredible. Then like for years after, he just always sent me Christmas stuff. And you know, he was just like so appreciative. And then as the years go on, more and more people, I heard that thing happen, the same phrase over and over and over again. But over the course of all these years, I'm going into houses that have massive problems. Like we're only getting called from people who are sick. Like I'm only going in these places. So I fooled my body into thinking that I lived in a really moldy, toxic house for like a decade, basically. Even though I'm putting on protective gear and stuff, it doesn't matter if you're constantly exposure to it, right? And, and it, it'll help for a short-term thing, but if you're there all the time, mycotoxins get through these masks. Like they don't, they don't stop all this stuff. It get, there's cross-contamination. You can do your best, but like things are gonna cross-contaminate if you're there every freaking day. And that's sort of what happened. And that's, that's my background of like load and what I've been exposed to. And I've done some testing and stuff, which I'm sure you'll probably wanna get into later, but, but yeah. that's kind of the background. Absolutely. So it sounds like it didn't take very long for you to start to develop symptoms, that brain fog being the first one. Were you feeling any fatigue? Was sleep more difficult? Any anxiety, overwhelm, you know, feeling down? Um, and were you seeing those skin patches anywhere else? At the time, it's hard to remember the time. It was a long time ago. I will say that, like, historically, I've always felt very tired just all the time. I even went and got a sleep apnea test um, mm -hmm. in the last like six months or so. And I have like the most mild sleep apnea. By the way, everyone, it's apparently very normal for you to stop breathing five times a night. Like you're not even, you're not even classified as having sleep apnea unless you stop breathing more than five times a night. That blew my mind. So I stopped 5.6 times a night. So I was like on the very low end of the sleep apnea scale, I'm, like doing some stuff around that. But I've historically always been very tired. Never really had anxiety and any of that stuff. I've always been pretty even keel on that stuff or stressed or, you know, anything like that. And how about uh, workouts, uh, recovery from workouts, being able to uh, do higher level cardi cardio stuff um, or even feelings of fluctuating libido, drive, you know, get up yeah. and go. The workout stuff, until recently, I have never really been super consistent on it. So it's, it's a hard thing to gauge. At that time, I was, I was playing basketball once or twice a week and that was fine. And so that's like high, high cardio, obviously like doing that. So that was all fine. I've definitely suspected a low testosterone issue over the last like five, six, seven, eight years. I do feel like there's like a, a lack of libido that's there. So that's something that I've 
I've kind of had on my list of things I wanted to get checked out, like on a hormone side or something. But yeah, in terms of like, like even now, I mean, recovery now, I'm working out five times a week. I'm doing fine. My group says I'm recovering relatively fine all the time. So yeah. All right. And how about other symptoms like itchy, watery eyes, recurrent sinusitis, uh, headaches that you're getting um, here and there, or issues that you may have developed that have been new in terms of GI issues, food sensitivities, anything in that system? Yeah. So on the GI side, so I've suspected issues just from all the conversations I have with smart people. So a few years ago, I did a GI map and I had a few different opportunistic bacteria that were elevated. H. pylori was also elevated that was there, which I understand is kind of a big deal and you have to get that handled, which I've done nothing for in like the last three years, let's say. So that's not great. So I know that was there. As far as like food sensitivity, not really. I thought that maybe like my skin stuff might be tied to certain food things. So I went gluten-free for three months just to see if that did anything. It didn't do anything. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go back to eating bread. So I tried that. I did see a, uh, a doctor locally who actually referred us a bunch of, a bunch of uh, clients along the way. So she's, she understands all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And we had worked through some things. Uh, and, and so we did it. Did we test for SIBO or not? I know I've talked about it a lot. I don't, oh no, we did do a breath test for SIBO. We must, I must have had it because we went on our protocol that was going to handle SIBO plus a reset, like a gut reset. So I went on a low FODMAP diet for two months or something, and then was doing a biocidin regimen that she put in place for me. Started it off with a, with like a one week parasite hit with, with like ivermectin and a couple other pharmaceuticals to do that for the first week. Then was on the biocidin protocol for like the duration of that kind of two month period. And, you know, after that, never really like followed up or anything after it. And again, I felt like it flared, it came on, it came off. Like, you know, every now and then it was here, it was there as far as like where, so I would say now my primary symptom is the skin stuff. I would say that's my primary symptom. I do get headaches occasionally, like this morning I had a headache for no reason, um, but not like super often. And the skin stuff, not just face, but also scalp is, is so I'm, I have to use like a medicated shampoo now, because if not, it's, it starts getting out of control. And then under my left arm, like my armpit area, mm-hmm. has, it's been a while now, but I was also getting that same red irritated thing under my left armpit. I'm assuming it's near one of my left nodes, I would imagine. Um, so that was happening. So as far as the skin stuff is basically it's face. So for people listening. It's both sides of my nose, like right above my mouth, basically. So it's kind of like where it is there. It also shows up like where my sideburns are um, over there. And then between my eyes, uh, like the bridge, like above the bridge of my nose, between my eyebrows and then kind of into both of my eyebrows is where, is where it sort of shows up there. Yeah. And is there any time where you either go on vacation or you're outside of maybe you're not working or you're in a different location? Has there any been, ever been any time during the past several years where it's all gone away and it has been 100% better? I mean, it's tough because it's so infrequent. It's not like I, it's not this thing that I have every day, right? So like the flare, like I'm not flared at all right now, right? But I could feel when a flare is coming before it comes. Like I could feel it in my skin. I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. Um, but, you know, I, I stopped going into houses as significantly frequently as I used to now as the company has grown and we have more people. Um, so my hope was if I did that, then a lot of this stuff will kind of like naturally, cause I'm not being exposed as much anymore. And it didn't really have like a huge impact on it. And then as far as like vacations and, and stuff like it's tough, like it's not leaving home for me cause the problem isn't in my house. So it's not, it was always somebody else's house that I was in. Right. So it's, it's, uh, you know, if I go somewhere for a couple of days or come back, it wasn't like, that wasn't the trigger. Cause there would be days where I would have like three inspections in a week. And then maybe I would have four days off, let's say like in the early days before we were really like doing multiple inspections every day, like, okay, I got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, but then I'm off Tuesday and Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday before yeah. we come back in. Right. Yeah. So like, it wasn't always like a daily all the time thing. The other thing, and just to throw in on all of that for history 
I did do a urine test years ago too. And ochratoxin A, citronin, and uh, what's the one from penicillin brevocompacto? Uh, mycophenolic acid. So those are the three that popped up on my life. Okay. All right. And I think this is a really good outlay that you did here because it's not, you know, you're not pinpointing one thing that happens all the time when you're in one location. There's multiple systems, right? Skin, gut, libido, uh, brain fog, uh, the feeling of uh, energy and get up and go. We have all of these constellation of symptoms. And typically what happens is when you bring these to your doctor and you say, I have some brain fog. And they say, oh, great. There's no tests for that. And there's no medication for that. I think you'll be okay. Right. But uh, as we start to look at these different systems and we know how they all work together, I think it's very difficult for the average person to sort of put all of them together because we think about them in compartments. Well, I just have skin. Maybe I need to stop gluten or maybe I'm going to try this or maybe I'm going to throw something at the wall and just see if it works. And maybe I try it for four days. You may try it for two weeks and I try this other. It's not a systematic approach and it doesn't get results and it leaves people feeling very frustrated. And maybe you have in your mind that it is the mold, um, but is that mold spores? Are you colonized or are you being exposed to mycotoxins? Or did you have an insult in the past and now it has caused some chronic activation of some inflammation? It's, it's caused some issues with the mitochondria and the energy and now it started this cascade where it's affecting thyroid and hormones and immune system and the function of the mitochondria. And we have this really complex interplay of a lot of different things going on. And that's where testing comes into play. And that's our motto. We always say, you know, it's best to test and not guess. Because once you test and you know exactly what's going on, well, now we know we've been doing this for plenty of years and, and tens of thousands of clients. We know exactly what to do and in what order to do it in in order to get you to feel better. So part of what we're doing here is we have your story and connecting a few of those dots, I can really start to put together, well, what happened and what's currently going on and what some of these complex variables may be. And it's never one thing that causes one thing. It's never the one mold exposure back then that has caused absolutely everything because we know in between that mold exposure, Maybe you've had to take antibiotics for some reason. Maybe there was a period of time where you were under significant stress. Maybe you took certain medications. Maybe there was a period of time with a lot of ibuprofen and alcohol use, uh, or that we were in a city where we were exposed to a lot of pollution. There's a lot of different things that fill up what we call our rain barrel. We all have this capacity to deal with toxins, to deal with a load, and we're able to mitigate that, right? Think about your teens and your 20s. You can basically do anything you want for the most part, right? And you can operate on very little sleep and you can uh, expose yourself to things and get over them. But as that rain barrel starts to fill up, once it gets to a point and overflows, that's what symptoms are. We can no longer mitigate that or reduce our own toxic burden. And now we have symptoms. And just because symptoms are common, they're not normal. And a lot of times it happens to coincide with our age, maybe age 30, maybe it's age 35, 40, 45, and we just think it's aging, right? And it's not necessarily that. There's so many other things, so many other inputs that go into that rain barrel, and now it happens to overflow and we brush it off, but we could feel so much better. And so what we're going to go into today in the first part of your journey, Brian, is to actually do some testing. So the testing that we're going to be doing uh, is three different tests. There's no poking involved. There's no blood involved. So it's really easy to do. And these are at-home tests. You don't have to go to a practitioner's office. You don't have to find one uh, that will meet with you. Um, you can actually get these tests right in your own home. I'm not sure if you have them with you, Brian. But what we're going to be looking at uh, is three different things. And there's so much that we can test. But I think the best uh, bang for your buck and really the best way to enter into this and get a really broad spectrum of information is to do three particular tests. Uh, the first test that we'll do is the Candida Metabolic and Vitamins test. This is a test that looks at the microbiome. It looks at a little bit of mold colonization as well. What is the mitochondrial function? What do neurotransmitters look like? It gives us a little bit of an insight into how well you could be sleeping as well as methylation, detox, toxic load. So it gives so much information uh, just from urine. The second test that we'll look at 
uh, is the mold toxicity test. That's what looks at our mycotoxins. Now, the difference, and you've probably talked about this with your community a lot, is that mold spores are larger, right? We're typically about one to 20 microns. Correct me on that if I'm uh, off there. But our mycotoxins, we're talking about 0.1 to 0.3. They're so small. Yeah. And mycotoxins are things that the molds, uh, the mold actually puts off in order to keep itself alive and living. And that can either be in the home or it can be in food. And I don't think we talk about mold being in food enough. Things like coffee, things like uh, corn and oats that aren't dried appropriately can actually grow uh, mold and create mold toxins. Uh, even wine and beer, right? And unless uh, things are actually heated to about 500 degrees, we think um, that's the temperature that's actually needed to kill the mold toxins, these tiny particles. So when we look at that candida metabolic and vitamins test, we get an idea of more colonization. And then when we look at the mold toxicity test, we're looking more at mycotoxins, um, where your exposure is. Both are damaging to the immune system, affect hormones, affect uh, our neurologic function, uh, and can affect us really long-term with some pretty uh, serious things. And then the one last test that you'll be doing is the minerals and metals test, which is a hair test. Now, when we're looking at different tissue compartments, when we look at the urine, we're looking at the metabolites, the breakdown products to give us an idea of what's going on. And folks say, well, how does that make any sense? You know, we're not how do you know that you can look at the gut and how do you know that you can uh, look at mycotoxins when you're looking at my urine? It's kind of like tracking a bear, right? You go in the forest and you see a bear print and you know that a bear was there, right? We don't actually see the bear in front of us, but we know the bear was there and that's what these tests do. And they can detect these to very, very small quantities uh, and, and the labs are just phenomenal with the technology that we have to be able to detect this. When we look at that in urine, that's one thing. When we look at it in hair, it's different. Hair has been used and well-studied for years and years and years. The FBI uses it. We use it for other reasons in labs, but the body actually excretes different things into the hair. It's never comparable with blood, so we're not comparing what happens in the hair to what happens in blood because each of these tissue compartments work differently. Um, so I'm going to stop there, Brian, and see if uh, you have any thing to say about the different tests that we're going to dive into. I mean, I don't have a lot to say because I don't know a whole lot about them. So I think the breakdown of just sort of what the purpose of them are. So the, the candida metabolic vitamin is more gut focused. The mold toxicity is obviously mycotoxin load and then minerals and metals. So that's what like electrolytes, um, I guess just like minerals like that you should be high sick of mineral deficiencies, like will that come up in here? Yeah, absolutely. And so we, the way that we can interpret that test too is we can see, well, what kind of stress has the body been under and how can we help to rebalance that? What is the body more deficient in based on what it's using more of, right? If the body's under a lot of stress, it will deplete certain things very quickly. Uh, also, if we're dealing with uh, mold-based illnesses, we'll find that we're a lot more deficient in zinc than we should be, or we have an imbalanced ratio of zinc to copper. The test is very important is because we can see the different ratios of those minerals, and they should be in ratio to each other. That's what we know. Uh, that's how we know it's balanced. Copper and zinc work together. If one is too high, it'll push the other one down, and then we can see symptoms consistent with whatever the imbalance is. And that's why testing allows us to correct that imbalance. We can see how stressed the body is, but we can also see what heavy metals look like in the hair. And we know that heavy metals are a great substrate for things like parasites and uh, increased inflammation, but also mold. Um, so there are so many complex things that, that we need to know whether or not they're going on in order to rid the body of them and then fully rebalance. Because if we only look at one little area and get rid of it, there could be all this stuff going on over here. So we need to look at it from a holistic approach and do that. The other thing that we're looking at in the gut-based sample is there an overgrowth of candida, right? Is yeast an issue? Um, bacteria in the gut is good. We want good bacteria in the gut, but could there be an imbalance? Uh, and could all of those things impact neurotransmitters and how well we feel, right? and how well our immune system functions. So that's where we're getting a really great overview with these three different tests that are very non-invasive about where do we start? Does that seem to make sense? It does. Two things. One, 
I have had a candida overgrowth historically that I had to get knocked down. So I forgot about that until I was looking at this. So what about like hormones um, and other things that aren't necessarily being tested here? So, so these, obviously there's more going on that you, you can test all kinds of things I would imagine. So what's the relationship? So we talked about like libido earlier, right? So what's the relationship between looking at this and then understanding what's happening with hormones or even understanding what's happening from a brain specific inflammatory perspective or, or like how does it get, are you able to figure out like which system of the body or does it matter? Or is it like just, you have to handle the whole thing together and the whole body comes down? Like what's the look? Yeah. And those are really great questions. And there's so many tests that we can run, right? We could go crazy with testing, but when, when we're talking real world with clients, not everyone has thousands of dollars to spend on just the testing, right? Let alone the the supplements and the natural protocols that we can use to rebalance the body. So we know that if we start from a foundational level and move the big rocks first, well, then we set the body up to really rebalance itself. And that's what functional integrative uh, medicine is all about. Nobody should be on things for the rest of their life. We want the body to innately take over. It knows what to do. It's just been overburdened for so long that now we have to lessen that burden uh, with the things that we use and we know how to use. And so if we can move those big things first, well, some of these other things just self-correct. And if they don't, that's where I would recommend getting even more testing, right? These three top things got even better with what we looked at, but I'm still needing to tweak this one little area, or I feel like I could be better in this area. Great. Now let's look at that test and we can really tweak and continue to move forward. It's never going to be, you get one test, you get one answer, and now you're done for the rest of your life, right? Things are good. That's just not how it happened. So the best way to do things is to get the foundations in place and then continue to tweak, continue to go. And I say that healing is never a linear journey, but we can typically take care of most imbalances and to help clients feel a lot better. Three months, six months, nine months. It took years and years and years to get where we are, right? There's no magic pill that's going to fix it in a week. That's not what we do. But we know exactly how to get folks there. It just may take an approach that needs to be tweaked for each individual because everyone has individual issues. You may live in a home where you're dealing with mold and you are the sick one. But let's say nobody else in the home has any symptoms. Well, we're going to treat you very differently than we would anyone else. We might look at different things based on your symptoms. You may have a genetic predisposition to be more TH1 or TH2 dominant, meaning, you know, you're more chemically sensitive and have issues with histamines versus someone who doesn't, or maybe has a healthier immune system and can deal with those mycotoxins. So there is a plethora of testing available, but this is where uh, it's ideal to start. I think also from a benefit basis and from a cost basis too. Cool. So how long does it take for all the labs to run? All right. So, well, let's start with collection because the first two tests are urine collection. It's first morning urine. So you're not going to take it anytime during the day. We really want that concentrated urine. And if you can, you're going to stop dinner the night before at six or seven, and you're going to go throughout the night for 12 hours without eating, right? And that's typically what's been recognized as a good amount of time to fast uh, for intermittent fasting during the night. You're getting into a little bit of autophagy. That's that cellular cleanup that's healthy for the body. But we also want to be able to capture mycotoxins. If mycotoxins aren't being released and we're not capturing them in concentrated urine, um, we, get, we may get less of a result. So you're collecting that first morning urine and it's about 10 milliliters. It's not very much. Same for the Candida metabolic and vitamins test. It's that first morning urine. It's about 10 milliliters. And then what you're doing is collecting that sample and you're putting it in the freezer. If you're not going to send it out right away, ideally, People should send this out, um, meaning send it to the lab on a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, because we want that sample to get there fresh, all right? If the sample's too old and it's not viable, we're not going to run it and give you bad results, right? We need to be able to make sure that the sample is appropriate. We're giving you very accurate results. So first two year in tests like that, if you can avoid uh, taking your supplements and medications as okayed by your prescriber, always has to be okayed by your medical prescriber then you're going to go off of those. And there's some other things too. You're going to want to avoid apples and pears and grapes for 48 hours before the test, just because it can interfere with some of the metabolites that are being run. With pear. Because I love apples. <laughs> I know, you're just, 
two days, two days. Fine, I can handle that. <laughs> and, uh, and then with the hair, we want to collect hair from the head. Um, the hair from the head is the, the best way to analyze that uh, minerals and metals test. You're not taking, you know, a full chunk of hair. Even for me, it's easy to collect just a little bit of a sample from the back. You want something that's very close to the scalp. You're taking what amounts to about an inch, inch and a half, but you want really new growth uh, and you want it to be clean. Now, if you've permed, colored or dyed your hair, you're going to want to wait uh, for at least a month, uh, maybe a little bit longer, depending on how fast the hair grows. But for you, Ryan, you're going to get a sample, you know, along the back of the head. And then the scale that's in the sampling kit will show you that you've gotten enough hair. And then you send that into the lab and they use very special techniques to extract uh, those minerals, those electrolytes, those heavy metals to give us a reading and different ratios uh, to help us with that interpretation. Cool. My wife and I have already game planned how to do the hair thing. We've talked about it. We, we, have, a, we have a plan. Is there a new look coming? No, but if she's like, okay, so I'm going to take your trimmer and I'm just going to do like a kind of all the way across the bottom and it'll be like a little fade up, but not like super a lot. And this way it'll be like, we've had a whole discussion about this. So that's great. I remember we talked before and I was like, well, I don't have long hair like you, Eric. I can't just like lift up a piece and get a cut back here. Like you, you would see the cut, you'd see the, the cuts in the back on my head. So that was, that's our plan. <laughs> you, you can do that. Uh, and the other, um, some of the pitfalls too, you want to make sure that you're using a stainless steel blade, right? If you use something that has aluminum or is rusty, imagine that anything could contaminate your sample. Also, if you're using a shampoo that has zinc or copper in it or is a medicated shampoo, you just want to look to make sure that um, those things aren't in the shampoo because they can get on the hair and then uh, skew the accuracy of the sample. So that would stop you know, using my medicated shampoo is what we're saying. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so for then, how long? Uh, I would I would avoid for three days oh. prior if you can. You're really going to want then a good washed hair sample um, prior to then collecting. Okay. But depending on how long you've been using it, uh, you just mention it on on your registration form, and we'll take that into account. Absolutely. Cool. All right. So you've been dealing with these issues for a long time, right? Coming and going, they're getting better. Sometimes they get better, sometimes they don't. And it sounds like you haven't found anything that consistently works or has gotten things better. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah, I think it's the standard. I'm gonna go try to figure this out. And you know, I might feel like, hey, I talk to a bunch of like smart medical people all the time and it's turned into one of these, like I'll call this doctor or I'll call that doctor. And it's like one-off stuff as opposed to let's get a full look at what's going on, which is so funny because we do the same exact thing you just described. Like our approach in the house is exactly what you're talking about. And if somebody was like, I had this thing in my bathroom, tell me everything. I'd be like, I can't tell you everything. If you like, if that's what you're asking me yet, that's, it's just, I think it's just our nature. What I like about your guys' setup is, I mean, the home testing kit thing makes it very easy, right? And the, the calls afterwards to kind of go through stuff. I think where we're going just as people and as products are created is if it's not easy, people aren't going to do it. Like we're getting lazier and lazier, you know, and for, for better or for worse as, as time goes by. And so we have to come up with ways where we can offer people still the in-depth solutions that we, that we know we can do. But we got to make it a way to where they're actually do it. Because if they're not going to do it, then what's the point in having, having it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And change is hard. And looking at this stuff is hard. It is easier to deal with a headache here and there or some skin issues here and there until you're the client who can't go anywhere because they have so much chemical sensitivity um, or really isn't enjoying life because of how many symptoms are affecting them. They can't go to a restaurant because they don't know what they're going to be exposed to. And we've gotten to a point where something has to be done, right? And, and we see those clients all the time. And I think, you know, really getting a comprehensive approach is the key. And then meeting with somebody, like somebody on the Equal Life team who will go over the results with you and explain everything because you'll see one of these tests and you won't pronounce a lot of the names that are on there and you'll say, great. I got this test. What happens now? Because I did this part. I did my part. So, so what else do we do? 
And the information can be overwhelming, right? I'm sure, Brian, you go into houses and, you know, you just have so much to tell them about or things to look at. And it's overwhelming, especially to someone who has brain fog and maybe isn't processing the information very well to begin with. Maybe is in a strained relationship because of everything that they are going through. And now their partner, you know, there's just dissonance there. It affects almost every area of your life. But it gets if it gets to the point where now you're being affected, well, now we have to do something about it. And there is a solution, a solution that you offer, a solution that we offer. Um, and the more educated clients can become by listening to podcasts like this, it's the better. You, you empower yourself because what you'll do is go to another form of medicine. And you'll get stuck with a steroid prescription, which doesn't do anything, you know, it makes you feel better for a little bit, but we're really not solving the problem. So the other thing that we would be remiss not to talk about is once you send in your lab tests, right, you're nervous for the results. You think you got everything done right. There's enough urine. It looks okay. I sent everything in. Now what? Right. Kind of nervous to get the test results back. The thing that we always recommend that clients start with in the interim is detox. Tell me a little bit about you. Have you done detox before? What's, what's your understanding of detox? Yeah, I mean, I've done a good amount. I probably have a pretty decent understanding of it just from the world that we're in. So f- from a daily, just kind of what I'm doing now, I guess, daily, um, I sauna like four to five days a week. Um, so I have, a, I have an infrared sauna. So I'm in that four to five days a week. I'm working out four to five days a week. So that's getting things moving. Um, I do red light and while I'm on the red light, whole body vibration for lymph flow, um, probably like three days a week I'm doing that. Um, and then what else? Cold plunge isn't really detox, but I'm doing that like three days a week. And then we do have binders and stuff that we'll take. I don't take it super regularly. I'll take it like when I know, like I'm eating something I shouldn't, or that's not going to be good for me or something like that. But it's not like a a standard sort of daily thing that I'm doing. I think those are like the general like things that I'm doing. So nothing food wise, supplement wise, really more so longevity activity type of things, I would say more than that. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like you have the constitution right now where you're able to do some of that stuff. Sauna feels good to you. Some of these other practices, exercise feels good to you. And you have the ability to get some of these devices um, that are helping you with this. For folks that are starting at the other end of the spectrum and they say, I, I, I try to work out and then they feel like I have the flu for the next few days. I have to sleep. I, I can't do that. What am I supposed to do? Right. Or I can't invest in all of these great biohacking things. They sound wonderful, but do I decide between testing and devices? So when we want to start with detox, there's different systems of the body that get toxins out, right? Sweat um, is one of them. Stool and urine, how we're excreting, even our breath, right? How we breathe. Uh, And then our liver is another um, organ that helps with detoxification. Some of the free things that are very easy to do, rebounding, right? Drum on your kid's trampoline. Allow that lymph flow to um, flow a little bit better. Dry brushing. Get a brush, and and there's so many tutorials online about this, but you're actually helping to move that lymph flow. If you can sweat, great. If that means walking, that's all you start with, right? This is incremental shifts. You're not going to be able to do everything at once. It may activate things and set you back a little bit. Um, And and so everyone needs to work within uh, their bio-individuality. But we typically recommend starting with then a liver-based detox. We know that the liver is the main organ that detoxes. And many people say, well, doesn't my liver detox anyway? Why do I need to work on detoxing the liver? And the main reason is because we're bombarded with so many chemicals and so many different things in our environment, whether it's glyphosate, pesticides, things that are sprayed on our crops. You sit on a couch that has formaldehyde. You're in a plane that has been airbombed with chemicals. You can't live in this world without being exposed to stuff. So we need a way to help support the liver in doing what it normally does, right? Phase one and phase two detoxification are normal processes that the liver does every single day, but it needs the components in order to do that. And a lot of that phase two detoxification is sulfur-based amino acids. I don't know anyone who eats enough of their sulfur-based compound, their broccoli uh, and all of their sulfur-based amino acids to actually do that efficiently. So what a liver detox does, a functional medicine detox, uh, like the Equal Life Functional Medicine Detox, 
is that it gives your body the nutrients to do detoxification well. The way that you eat is very clean. This isn't a water fast. It's not something uh, horrible that we're putting you through birth week. It's really to be gentle because everything that we formulate is for the most sensitive clients. And we know that a lot of our, our clients have uh, histamine issues and they can't tolerate a lot of these things. So moving through a 7, 14, or 21-day functional medicine detox helps to open up those pathways. It helps to be able to conjugate, meaning change those toxins into a form that allows our body to get them out. But you do want to make sure that you're having regular bowel movements because if you're not having bowel movements, you're not getting toxins out to begin with. That stool sits in there and you reabsorb those toxins. So making sure that you're having bowel movements and then starting with a detox while you're awaiting your results. And that really sets you up for success because now your body is primed, you're ready to go, you've addressed uh, these different pathways that need detoxification. And then the next step is getting those test results and getting on a plan. Um, I have a question about mm-hmm. this. So I'm not super regular bowel movements. I never have been. Um, even when I went and did the first round of stuff I mentioned earlier, where I was on the bio side and low fond mm-hmm. and all that stuff there was something that I was given to try to help me. So what do you do if you're somebody that's not like, does, is what the formulation of what's in the, the detox, because uh, there's smoothies that are in there, is the formulation ultimately going to help like move that along? Is that part of what's in there? It does help, but everyone's individual. Some people may have really great bowel regularity and any change in that may change the bowel regularity. So adding things like magnesium, a nice magnesium citrate at bedtime can also help if you're having sleep issues, you know, making sure that you're getting plenty of fluid. And during a detox, you actually take in um, plenty of fluid with those uh, smoothies, those all-in-one multivitamin and plant-based protein smoothies. You're getting a lot of fluid uh, in that. Movement, fiber. You can add prunes to the smoothie. You can have prune juice concentrate to the smoothie. Uh, adding a scoop of alkalizing vitamin C in the morning can also be very helpful. Uh, and sometimes you need to do these things for a couple of days before things move through. And then also focusing on the mindset and tuning into your body, right? What's going on? Is stress an issue? Are we limiting the way that our body moves things through the system based on being in fight or flight? Are we actually sitting down enjoying our meals? Are we chewing our meals completely before we swallow them or we're on to the next thing. And, you know, are we in the mindset to promote calm and so that the body can function the the way that it should? There's a lot of things that we can do to optimize bowel movements. If you wanted to do a protocol basis for that, there is the intestinal cleanse, which uh, is more protocolized in terms of moving things through that system. So there's there's plenty of different options and everyone's a little bio-individual. So um, trial and error is helpful too. And working with your coach. Cool. All right. So, Brian, how excited are you for this journey? I got to tell you, I, I am excited. Um, so excited. That I'm the one that pitched it in the first place because I wanted to do I selfishly was like, hey, what if we pitch this idea to do something like this together so I can get the things and do it? So, like, that's how excited, like, like manifested this whole thing because I've been wanting to do this. So, um, I am excited about it. I... I think the thing that has always been missing for me, and I think that it is for a lot of people too, and, and you outlined it too, is I get a test here or I get a, a piece of, of advice from Dr. So-and-so who I know over here who's a genius. And if they treated me holistically, I'd probably be great, but they're not. And so I'm asking like one-off yeah. things. And all of that stuff has, you know, not really netted out to anything. Right. And, and it makes sense why it hasn't added out to anything. So I think what I really like about this is just like the structure of everything. And, and it's really how we like structure. I think the thing that really got with me is that the way that you guys approach and how you structure things like the exact same way that we structure everything in terms of why we test, there's reasons behind them. I'm only testing because if something is here, it's going to change how I'm going to affect a, a protocol here or like a plan here. And it's more of understanding root cause, holistic reason that something is going on. And then on the back end, it's about, hey, listen, we might have found a bunch of things, but these are the things. Let's focus on these first is having 
a prioritization framework around that. So the overwhelm goes away and you have like, you know, an R and a consultant on your end, a coach that you are also tied to, to be able to like help navigate that stuff along the way. I think this is really what people need. Um, you know, it's something that I need and I'm a, maybe a little more apt to have tried to figure this out just cause I know more than the average Joe does about this and I still need it. Right. right. And so that's, that's the part that excites me. Um, you know, I'm ready. My wife, myself, you know, it's January. I usually do a, a January rant about how new year's resolutions are bullshit. And I probably am going to do that again in, on my next pod probably, but something that we did do this year, which, um, we really sat down and figured out our family purpose and core values and everything that's going to be driven down to our kids. And we did a lot of that. Actually, we were talking earlier. So the podcast that we just did with Ben Greenfield, I was talking to him a little bit about this and he asked like what this thing on my hat was and it's my family crest and it's like, oh, it's cool. So we started talking about and what he has developed out for his family is like well beyond what I had thought. There's like, oh, wait, there's more I could be doing here. So he kind of inspired me to really sit back down and think through because there was all this meaning and all these things, but I'm going to end up like creating like a booklet around it and stuff. I'm going to read it to the kids and like, it'd be this whole thing. But the whole point of all of that is that one of our values is vitality and the thought around that being able to not only like create memories and sort of live in the moment, which I think a lot of us don't do, but also to be able to be enjoying our lives for a period of time and, and doing things that help us do that. And so when you start thinking about like new year's goals and resolutions and stuff, the reason a lot of them don't stick is just my opinion or the reason it's like, I'm going to do this once a year is because it's like this one-off thing. Like I'm going to run a 10 K cool. And then what, and then what are you going to do? Yeah. And then you're going to sit on your butt and your couch for the next 11 months. Like, what are you going to do? Whereas if you really just focus on, I'm going to live my values as opposed to I'm going to make this goal, then the goals sort of just come up because you're like, well, if I'm living this value consistently, then I need to do this. And this is one of those things. Like if vitality is one of the things we're driving towards that I need to make sure that my body works right in order for that to happen. what does that mean? It means working out. I'm working out five days a week. Now there was no goal to do that. It was vitality was the reason that I'm doing that. Right. It's this the whole process that we're going through. It's the reason that I get into a freezing cold water multiple times a week. It's like all these different things. And so, uh, Anyways, that's why I'm really excited about this because this, I think, is a really kind of core piece of that core value that we have that we have brought into our family and that I want to be passing down to the kids and everything too. Yeah, and I think that's really great, and I think everyone deserves to feel that way. And I think when um, you're obviously starting from a place where you maybe have more bandwidth to do that, you know how to do that. You maybe don't feel as bad as some of your your clients do and you've 100%. seen a lot of this um and i think we can't talk about uh healing or getting better if we also don't talk holistically about that emotional component the the goals um the intentions and something that i um like to do is is to emotionally vaccinate people right start to talk yourself through well what if i get test results that look like this how might that feel if I'm going on this journey and I start to take two steps back, how might that feel and how might I deal with that, right? But do those conversations with you and your loved one or your support person ahead of time. Set yourself up for success on this journey. Um, and we always want positive speak. But we don't want toxic positivity, right? If you're feeling awful. Today is not a good day, right? We need to address that emotion um, and lean into that emotion um, and not try to distract ourselves or get away from it, but feel it and let it pass. Uh, and then anchor into some sort of phrase or intention like you have, right? I'm healing every day in the way that I'm meant to heal. And also, I think something that's really powerful is uh, from a mindset set perspective is distancing yourself from my mold illness or my this. Yep. Don't hold on so tightly to that. Start to create some distance there. So you're separating yourself from uh, from what's going on. And I think with mold too, a lot of people feel shameful about it, right? I have mold. Does that mean I'm dirty? Is that I do something wrong? And that's not the case at all. When you don't feel well, um, you know, we have to look at that and unearth it and bring it to the surface. Maybe there are deeper feelings there that we need to 
um, delve into. But mold happens to beautiful brand new houses, just like you know, it has nothing to do. It's not a personal issue uh, that happened just to you. And uh, especially on your podcast, clients who aren't well right now, start looking at success stories, see who has gotten better, see what has worked, see to believe that it's possible for you, right? You and talking to Ben um, know what's possible for you and what you want to have happen, right? He has expanded your consciousness and your ability to see that. And clients can do the same thing as they uh, heal. And I think mindset plays such a huge role in everything. It's just another part of the holistic look at getting better. Uh, and everyone deserves to feel better. And now we have ways and tests and protocols and everyone can. So it's just taking the initiative and really diving in and Brian, I'm so appreciative of you sharing your story and some of the things that your community has likely never heard from you before, um, you know, and has maybe never thought that you've dealt with. So I think that's likely brought you even closer to your community. And throughout this series, uh, we'll be looking at test results. We'll be looking at what happens and how you feel. Uh, and I, I think this will be a really great springboard for the intentions that your community can set for this year. Yeah, I'm really excited about it too. Um, beyond selfishly being excited about it, to your point, I think, and, and and as you said, and I've said this multiple times, I am nowhere near as in, in in a situation that's as severe as other people that that I know listen to this show and follow us, and I know that. But I also think that there's something about that, like like if you could, because a lot of people have a spouse and they have somebody else who isn't quite there, and, and you know, and you know, the symptoms that I'm coming up with that we're talking about. This isn't stuff like if I didn't know you and I didn't do this for a living, I wouldn't even be thinking about any of this stuff, right? Because these symptoms like, uh, I got a skin problem. I'd be going to the dermatologist. I'd be getting skin cream and, and medicated shampoo. And that would just be my life because I would think that there's nothing else I need to do. And, and you mentioned this earlier, the amount of pain that I'm feeling is not enough pain to warrant an incredibly significant response, right? Like people are more driven by pain than pleasure, unfortunately. So if something is so bad, then finally, like, finally, I'll deal with this, right? And it's like, how bad does it have to get until you get to the point where you're willing to, to make a, a, a move or a decision on that? And so, you know, for, for me specifically, what, what I'm hoping comes out of this is a lot of people are listening to like, oh, well, your symptoms aren't as bad as mine. What you're doing isn't gonna work for me or whatever. And I get that because 99% of the people listening to this, I'm in a better place probably than, than all of them. It's not so much that as it is the process of it and the data, the data points are all the same. Right. And that's like the thing that I think is, is key here is like when we go into a house or when you run these, you know, when you guys are having these tests run, the data points are the same. The story, the data t is telling is different. And then the person that it's telling the story about is different. Right. And so the process though, is the same all the way through to understand like what, what are now our next steps to go forward and whether it's me with skin issues, which guys for me is a big deal. I'm literally on camera all the time. So when I have skin breakouts, granted, I'm not debilitated in the way that other people are, but it's, you know, it's a big issue for me to deal with. Right. So everybody's level that I say that because everybody's level of issue is meaningful to them, mm -hmm. right. In their own way their own severity of how they perceive it right and so i think kind of seeing this and just kind of hearing what the conversations look like and hearing what the options are and seeing how a result is interpreted and just kind of all this stuff that we're talking about is going to help people understand like oh there is a path here like i get that brian isn't me and i'm not brian but i see how this works and the philosophy that's behind it makes sense to me and what I always say is like, if you are going to be interested in working with somebody, hiring somebody, doing something with somebody, starting a program, whatever it is, there's enough information out there now, go deep dive that person or that program or that company. And if it makes sense to you, cool. If it doesn't, then don't. But there's enough now out there where you can do that and not just kind of like cross your fingers and hope because there's not enough to do. And so this is to serve as like this deep dive, I feel like, of to really understand the intricacies of how a process like this works. So yeah, that, that's, that's another reason I'm excited. I think it'll be helpful. I mean, we had, we had someone, I even had her on the show, her name is Fallon. She listened to the podcast. Her, her child 
uh, had autism and some other things going on, listened to the podcast completely, never called us, never messaged us, never texted me on the phone that people could text me on, never did any of that stuff. Figured out what was happening with her kid through health podcasts, figured out what was going on in her house through our podcast, moved out of the house, started making all of these measures and her kid was like exponentially better and then reached out to us and sent us a thank you like message after the fact. This is the stuff that we can do now. Like we literally never talked to her. She never spent a dollar with us. I don't know what else she did in terms of what she spent on and how she did, but she yeah. never spent anything with us. I was able to get all this information that helped guide her to figure out what was going on. And that's what's possible. And so that, that's what I hope comes out of this. Education is power. And you take control of your intentions and your destiny. The, the information is available. And if there's a symptom, there's a root cause behind it. And there's a way to find it. Cool. So session one done? Session one is done. Brian. Fantastic. I can't wait to go with those test results back. I can't wait to have you dive into that detox and follow you along. I will be your personal practitioner and coach along the way. Uh, and this is going to be really exciting. Love it. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. We'll, we'll see you next time. We'll figure out when this is going to happen. So it's going to be at least three to four weeks, probably, just for everybody listening, because the test results take some time to come back. And so um, it'll probably be a month or so from now, maybe when part two comes up from when you hear this. So we'll, we'll make sure that we update stuff let you guys know. Absolutely. So anything that we talked about here today, Brian, I know that you have a page. It will be equi.life forward slash we inspect. Uh, folks want to check out any of the things that we talked about today. Uh, that's equi.life forward slash we inspect. Uh, and you can follow along with Brian if you'd like to do so at home. Yeah, we're going to have all the tests that, that Erica talked about that I'm doing will be on there. We'll have some information about us on there as well for you guys to see how, you know, how, how everything kind of connects. But yeah, you can kind of see everything I'm doing. We'll probably, I would imagine, we, like we could put lab results out. I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll have a place where we can kind of go see everything that's going on. So it'll be cool. That sounds great. Thanks so awesome. much, Brian. All right. Thanks. Bye. So that's it for today's show, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment and subscribe and give a rating wherever you get your podcasts. It'll help spread the word to those who really need it the most. 